loan officers, realtors, or entrepreneurs um, who are doing this for the first time because you know exactly they don't know what they're doing, right? They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do next. They don't know the expectations at all. Like zero um background in terms of virtual assistant betting. So that's where you know companies like Remote Assistant Scout can come in and assist you, which is backed up by a mortgage loan officer. I mean, mortgage loan virtual assistant myself. I was a prior mortgage loan um, officer assistant. So I knew exactly where I know, you know, the ins and outs of the business and where the virtual assistant could possibly plug in. Right. And there could be other agencies out there that could look up into um, in Google that offers, you know, a virtual assistant vetting um, services. So really, if you're new into this business, that would be a great step for you to know what the industry is all about, how you could work well with a virtual assistant, and how you could set those right expectations, because that could stem, like, you know, failure could also stem from that, as you mentioned, the number four. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Loan Officer Growth, the podcast that helps loan officers grow their business, increase their success, and have more freedom. Cool, cool. You are listening to the right podcast if you are wondering what are the top four reasons loan officers fail with outsourcing and how to avoid those pitfalls. And we have today Gerard Arobito. I, I said that wrong. I don't know why I always say that wrong. But Gerard, he Gerard is kind of like Prince or Adele. He just has one name. It's Gerard. Um, Gerard is here with Remote Assistant Scout, and he's going to talk virtual assistance and outsourcing with us. And uh, like I said, the top four pitfalls, top four things and reasons that loan officers fail. So Gerard, how are you doing today? How's your day going? Well, thank you again, Richard, for having me. It's going great. It's nine in the evening here in the Philippines. And nice. I really appreciate you inviting me again today. And I can't wait to discuss with you guys, you know, the pitfalls and why um, other entrepreneurs, business owners, realtors, and loan officers fail and, you know, in hiring a virtual assistant. Yep. So let's just dive right in. So number one, number one reason is loan officers fail is they hire the wrong person. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, but I just want to know, Richard, you know, what is the wrong person for you? So how do you kind of like um, describe it per se? So... Usually, if we had we hire somebody, we have expectations on their performance. So we can rate them one mm. through ten. You can't use seven. So one through ten, they would either rate an eight, nine, or a ten, or a one through six. And we're rating their performance. But what we're really doing is we're looking at the results that they're giving. So if you if you have a new hire, um, you give proper training up front. You let them know what they need to do for the day in mm -hmm. day out and then what those results need to be. So if we look, for example, um, we hire a virtual assistant to make outbound phone calls and set appointments with realtors. That's, that's a really big strategy right now that loan officers are using. Mm -hmm. So 
let's say you have the, the virtual assistant working two hours a day, um, making those outbound calls for that one particular strategy, the results that you expect should be anywhere from eight to 12 appointments a week based off of the 10 hours that they're working. So really on average, most loan officers will get an appointment an hour that a virtual assistant is making outbound calls. Uh, so let's say you mm -hmm. have a virtual assistant, they're making calls, they schedule zero or they schedule one in a week. Um, you want to give them some ramp up time. So the first week is getting, you know, used to the script and, and what they're doing and what they're performing. So then, um, let's say three, four weeks go by and they're still not scheduling appointments. It looks to me like they have the wrong person. So, so hiring the wrong person might be that you've, you've gotten somebody with skills and other parts of the job. So they might be really good at doing online work. Um, they might be really good at social media, but not necessarily making phone calls. So, so you get the wrong person and it kind of leads that leads right into number two is, is a loan officer fails at firing fast enough. And, you know, we don't necessarily, yes. Yes, I just really have to add to that to the number one of hiring the wrong person because yep. I guess in line with hiring the wrong person is offering a wrong rate per hour for the virtual yep. assistant. Because for example, you know, qualified outbound telemarketers or appointment setters in today's market really would range between six to eight dollars per hour. And you know, just basing on you know our vetting and hiring experience, you know, there would be clients who's kind of like, you know, offering $5 per hour and yet expecting more out of the VA. So just really more of, you know, having the wrong offer and um, the wrong expectations because sometimes, you know, the $5 person, their qualifications might not be, you know, as similar or, you know, or the same with those candidates asking for an eight or nine dollar per hour rate and typically you know with this um high caliber candidates you know they've been exposed to telemarketing duties to cold calling duties to appointment setting duties for more than three years so this is something that they do and they're best at compared yeah. to you know the five dollar rate which would only attract newbies into the business or, yeah. you know, attract newbies into the position, especially with cold calling. I mean, it's not an easy task. Not everybody likes them. And, you know, you have to develop this thick skin and, you know, in rebutting those objections. So just based on experience, um, there are newbies that could be working well, but mostly, the, you know, those newbies would quit because of the pressure in um in comparison to those candidates who have already done this before and you know developed thick skin and talking to and interacting with diverse clients with different objections and what have you. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So, that falls uh, right in there hiring the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Having the wrong offer as well. 
<laughs> yes. So, well, that, that falls right within there. Yeah. Cause if your expectation is I'm going to get somebody new with a great attitude, it sometimes it works, but it always doesn't yes. because they don't have that mm. experience. Well, actually it does, you know, um, it's always a risk, whether you're going to be hiring, you know, an experienced person or an experienced person, again, as what you mentioned, it's really all about results, but the value that somebody would give you if you're, you know, like offering a higher rate is that, you know, as, as Apper mentioned, you know, they're well-versed with cold calling. They don't feel uncomfortable anymore. And, you know, in doing those cold calls for you and setting those appointments, it'd be a lot easier for them to rebut those objections and the training period you know, will be a lot shortened compared to, you know, working with newbies. However, you know, just basing on our better experience, we've hired newbies who totally digged it. And, or, and we've had, you know, experienced people who are actually like, you know, just so-so um, in doing those tasks. So then again, this is um, a business risk that everybody is taking, you know, just like hiring an in-house employee. Right. Exact same thing. And that that's that that's a that's a whole nother subject is treating the your virtual just as you would with any in-house employee. Yeah, and another thing though, hiring the wrong person, and I think this applies to, you know, um, to those loan officers, realtors, or entrepreneurs um, who are doing this for the first time because you know exactly they don't know what they're doing, right? They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do next. They don't know the expectations at all. Like zero um, background in terms of virtual assistant vetting. So that's where, you know, companies like Remote Assistant Scout can come in and assist you, which is backed up by a mortgage loan officer. I mean, mortgage loan virtual assistant myself. I was a prior mortgage loan um, officer assistant. So I knew exactly where I know, you know, the ins and outs of the business and where the virtual assistant could possibly plug in. Right. And there could be other agencies out there that you can look up into um in Google that offers, you know, a virtual assistant vetting um services. So really if you're new into this business, that would be a great step for you to know what the industry is all about, how you could work well with a virtual assistant and how you could set those right expectations because that could stem, like, you know, failure could also stem from that, as you mentioned, the number four. And we can discuss about that later. Yep. So what about, so what are your thoughts? Let's say a loan officer hires the wrong person. They, the expectation was I'm going to get somebody as cheap as I can get $5 an hour and they realize that they have the wrong person. What is that mistake number two? Um, yeah, so um, actually our client base is kind of like diverse. So there are clients who would consider doing some warnings in terms of firing um, virtual assistant or replacing virtual assistant who actually didn't work out, or maybe they have issues in terms of their work ethics, work behavior, um, and we've had clients who would actually hire faster than anybody else. Right. <laughs> like, you know, um, if they encountered like a little, just a minor issue, they would fire the person right away. And again, you know, this business, since we are working remotely, I just have to go back into the fundamental basics of 
virtual assistant or working with a virtual assistant that this is remote and this is based solely on trust. So if you feel like you can trust the virtual assistant working for you and you know doing the results for you, and then perhaps it's really time to fire that virtual assistant right away. And as what well, you mentioned, Richard, before that, you know, whenever firing comes to your mind and then, you know, just execute it right away. Yeah, I think people, most loan officers have a big heart and they don't want, you know, to fire somebody. It's hard to do. Um, but I think holding on to that wrong person for a long period of time makes you feel like that it just, you know, it just doesn't work for me or hiring people remote doesn't really work when we know it does work very, very well for most people. So it is about, you know, taking that step, making a business decision and getting the right person. Cause honestly, when you have the wrong person, they don't feel they're in the right position either. And you're holding them back by holding on to them. Do you agree with that? Yeah. And uh, yeah. And also, I just have to add that um, if ever this is your first time working with virtual assistants, right, you may ask, how do I know that I should fire them? Because technically, you don't know how the system works, right? right. You really don't have an idea what are the standard operating procedures of working with a virtual assistant, what are the right expectations, and that's where we come in as well. Because, you know, typically clients would ask for advice, like, hey, Gerard, is this valid or Gerard is this possible or is this normal and that's where we come in and give our and give it our advice that hey you know this is not totally okay and we really suggest you know replacing um the virtual assistant so there's a lot really of benefits of you know of working with agencies because at least they can give you like head-on advice as to how you want to go not just with working with virtual assistant but how to not work with Right. What are some of those red flags that that people should take note on? Mm -hmm. Really is on the um, unresponsiveness of the virtual assistant. Like, for example, um, we are working remotely. We are working on a different side of the world. So we are on an opposite time zone. So in Texas, it's 8.21 a.m. It's 9.21 p.m. here. So that's really the cons because, you know, at some point um, you could typically ask, like, how do I know if the virtual assistant is really working? Well, aside from the fact that you could just barely or solely based on their results, but, you know, at right. some point there could be some urgent tasks in between. Like, hey, like, for example, hey, VA, I need, I, I need you to do this. Hey, VA, are you there? So if you feel like the virtual assistant is unre unresponsive or not responding to you on a timely basis or in a timely manner, so that is 100% red flag. Because at the end of the day, we're just in front of your computer working, right? right. <clears throat> Even if we have some tasks, doing some current tasks for, for clients, I mean, if they respond three hours or four hours later, and then that's a bad sign. Right. And that's with any employee, any team member, you know, the, the expectation is to respond. Mm -hmm. Yep. Any and other what are red flags? <laughs> Richard, under, oh, red flag. Oh, we're, working with virtual assistant, I mean, don't send advance money. 
So that is the number one. I mean, um, the number two, rather. I mean, if you encounter candidates asking you, especially if they're working um, during their first weeks with you guys, so right. you're still in the trust building process. So if they're kind of like asking for cash advances, and then that is also a red flag, or maybe you could consider like, not necessarily helping them out, but um, you can just tell them that, you know. Oh, looks like we lost Gerard and we will see if he gets back on. So I'm going to jump right in and um, oh, here he comes. I'm going to jump in and talk about that red flag that Gerard was talking about. So go ahead, Gerard. Yeah, so the other red flag is, you know, sending out cash advances to the virtual assistants. I'm just going to make it a little simpler for you guys that, you know, if your virtual assistant is still working during their first weeks with you and then um, you don't necessarily have to give out cash advances, um, all you can say to them is, you know, um, I'm going to be compensating you well, giving you some incentives for the good work that you're going to do. And, um, you know, as simple as that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it's mm. it's a little unprofessional at the beginning of a relationship to to request something like that. So it is so, and not very normal, not very common. Right, right, exactly. And that's a, that's a red flag that you might have the wrong person. So mm. tell me, and let's talk about. Flag. Oh, go ahead. Yes. And another red flag would be, you know, candidates with no equipment or, you know, with the wrong equipment. Like, for example, we are working remotely. We are solely um, relying on power and Internet connection. Yep. So if your candidates don't have any backup plans or contingency plans, in case of power outages and internet connectivity issues, and then you know that candidate might not be for you. This is somewhat expected from them. The equipment is already provided, laptops, internet. So those are the initial investments, you know, working as a virtual assistant. Exactly. And don't send anything to your VA. Because you know, some clients would send out um computers or laptops, or send out money to have the virtual assistant, you know, buy a new one. So if you're generous enough, and that's totally okay, and if you feel like comfortable doing that, 100% okay. But it's not very common, and it's not a recommended practice. Yeah, and that falls right in as far as hiring the right person, because it's expected that they have all of those great internet connectivity mm -hmm power to where they're going to be working, have a contingency plan in case there is a storm that comes in, but they have some sort of plan. They have the right equipment. So yeah, that falls right within somebody that hires the wrong person, doesn't get rid of them quick enough. And then that, then, then they fall right into that reason number three, which is they give up too easily. And so we've seen loan officers fall into these traps and then feel like, well, it just doesn't work. Having someone remote doesn't work when it really does. It's just that they're giving up too quickly and too easily. It, it kind of reminds me of when I first hired a virtual assistant, you know, I, I had an issue come up where the virtual assistant kept falling asleep 
And she, so I gave her another mm -hmm. chance. She did it again. I gave her another chance. So I fell right within all of these biggest mistakes that, that loan officers have with outsourcing. Cause number one, I hired the wrong person because she didn't have experience working mm -hmm. the graveyard shift. She didn't have experience doing the things that I wanted her to do. I didn't fire her mm -hmm. fast enough because she was not giving results. She was falling asleep. I had a big heart. I wanted to help her. And then I, then giving up too easily, that's where I did not fail. So, but I see a lot of people fall within that trap where they realize, or they feel like, yes, that's, um, this isn't going to work for me. You know, she keeps falling asleep. VAs don't work from the Philippines, blah, blah, blah. And they have that fallacy and they give up too easy. So I didn't give up. I hired another one had issues with that one, fired quickly this time, and then hired another one and got the unicorn. So um, giving up too easy, a lot of loan officers do that unless they utilize a service like Remote Assistant Scout where they can help prevent those mistakes from happening. Do you agree with that? Yes, and it's also really on the expectations on the client's end, because at the end of the day, hiring a virtual assistant is also like hiring an in-house assistant. It may work or it may not. Right. And if it doesn't, you know, you just don't completely give up hiring an in-house assistant, right? You still keep looking. It's just the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> or working with, you know, or firing a virtual assistant and finding a new one. Yep. So similar idea. Very similar. Yeah. And you have to put, you have to think about it that way too. There, the, a remote. And, it, it, mm -hmm. and in terms of, you know, giving up too easily. So um, there could be factors that would influence their decision that, hey, Richard, it's not really working. You know, I'm going to give up because maybe they don't have the time to vet another person, right? Right. It's a busy week. It's end of the month. Or I'm on holidays, so I really don't have the time. So, you know, I'm just going to let go and, you know, just give up. So that's where agencies like Remote Assistant Scout could actually, you know, come in and help you out. Because whenever you feel like it's not really working out at all, if you're firing a candidate, you have a team or qualified team members that could help you out and finding a replacement and, you know, finding a person that would actually work for you. Because no system is perfect. Right. Even on ourselves, you know, we are on the same page here. We expect the same level of professionalism and ethics from the candidates that we send clients to, right? So we are on the same page here. We are on the same team. And um, that, that is our goal of, you know, of really hiring somebody who's qualified for the job and would do great work for you. And really, you know, just to go back into the idea that sometimes that's a problem. Yeah, and that... that falls right within number four uh, of the biggest failures that loan officers have hiring virtual assistants is they don't communicate proper expectations up front. And that, that, uh, that's exactly what you do with remote assistant scout is you, you understand and you communicate the proper expectations from the beginning. And then once that loan officer does have that VA working for them, They've got to have those proper expectations. They've got to give them, uh, you know, result-driven activities that, that you know, X amount of appointments a week, 
it, what's expected. So, and then, you know, proper expectations. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, proper expectations and more like realistic expectations. Yes. Because you know, we kind of like follow a standard here. Like, for example, whenever you do the force hammer or the appointment setting with realtors, the standard here is really 10 to 15 appointments per week. And this pertains to one VA catering that kind of number or that standard number. However, we've encountered um, clients who happens to have, you know, like different loan officers under their umbrella. And they're kind of like expecting the VA to do like 50 to 100 appointments per day, which is kind of, you know, unrealistic. I've done right. Thor's Hammer before. I've done those appointments that calls with realtors and not every day or not every week is a Christmas week. So there could be days where it can go to zero and there are days where it can set 10 appointments, right? And I'm not yep. talking per week, per day. <laughs> so I've experienced it myself. So I know exactly how it goes. Um, there could be low days, especially if the list is, you know, is saturated. But we just really have to go back into the standard of, you know, of 10 to 15 appointments per week and <clears throat> the right number of workload to the virtual assistant. So, for example, if you're a big company and you have like 15 loan officers under your umbrella, so might as well consider hiring five to 10 virtual assistants who would actually do the job for you. Because you, 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 can, you can just expect one VA to cover all the appointment setting calls for all of your loan officers. Right. It may work now, but it may not work later. And we really don't want you to think that, you know, it's really on the virtual assistants, you know, um, productivity issues. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So even, even the very best. Be yeah. The very best callers can get burnt out <laughs> easy. Mm -hmm. So having those proper mm -hmm. expectations, like I, I always let people know, you know, build out their time blocks. Never, never make calls more than two hours straight. Give a break, have them do something that's not making calls for an hour so they can get back on the phone and not, not get burnt out working straight eight hours a day, making phone calls. Mm -hmm. And not just with phone calls. So like, for example, we take into the tech aspect of the business. So you can expect a telemarketer to know video editing. Right. Or at least be an expert with video editing. So video editing falls under the umbrella of digital marketing. And just the same thing with digital marketers in today's market. I mean, they're doing non-voice activities because number one, maybe they're not comfortable doing some phone calls. And number two, they might not be very good English speakers. So, because we've encountered clients that, hey, Gerard, you know, I need a telemarketer who does TikTok or who does <laughs> video editing or who does um, video marketing. So we could find a unicorn for you guys, but it is a long shot. Right. So, and especially in today's market, that virtual assistants tend to put themselves into specific niches. Like, hey, I'm just into telemarketing. Like, hey, client, you know, I'm just doing social media management or graphic design. So there could be unicorns out there, but, you know, it's a long shot. Yep. That's a good point. Really good point. Mm -hmm. Any other mistakes that you've seen out there aside from the top four? 
let me <laughs> let me That's think okay. of that. So if 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 a loan so a loan officer those are the very common. Yeah, very common. And I I think that falls right within why you should hire somebody to help you hire you know hire a virtual assistant, whether it's remote assistant scout or any other company out there. Um, getting that experience and that help really makes mm -hmm. a big difference. It it makes sure mm -hmm. you get the right person. Um, which means you don't need to fire fast because you have the right person. It truly helps you communicate the proper expectations up front. So you have those proper expectations and then doing the onboarding and initial training um, like remote assistant scout does really makes a huge difference in the end. Yeah. Especially if this would be your first time, I guess, you know, I'm working with agencies would be worth the investment. If this is something that you really want to implement. Right. Exactly. Well, cool. I can't believe our time is up already. Um, any, any last thoughts you want to talk about Gerard to let loan officers know, um, anything else about hiring a virtual assistant or how can they get a hold of you? Like, what are your, what are your final parting thoughts? Yeah, so I guess the parting thought is really, you know, this system really works. You just really have to find, um, again, the right person um, for you, experience-wise, personality-wise. And then again, you know, if this would be your first time working with virtual assistant or, or if you just really want to know more about the system, so you can just go to www.remoteassistant.com scout.com um, for more information and to and to schedule your strategy call this would be um you know a huge step and wise decision for you guys to do if working with virtual assistant is something that you want to um implement because again this works yep definitely works so a free strategy call at remoteassistantscout.com um, we'll put the links below so anybody wants to get a hold of Gerard or someone on the team, um, they are ready for you. So awesome. Thank you so much, Gerard. I appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much, Richard. Talk to you later. Okay.